This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com Welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And this is Devin Hunter Leary. That's D-E-V-I-N. I've been on hold so much in the past month that I've been moving that I am so used to saying... D-E-V as in Victor, I-N. D-E, Victor Leary. Someone was like, wait, Victor? And I was like, no, I'm saying, uh, my, uh, uh. And then they're like, David? And I'm like, no. Debbie? No. Divine. Divine, yes. But no. But no. <laughs> Devin, how are you this week? I'm pretty good. I celebrated my anniversary with my boyfriend, not to brag, Oh, yeah. What did you guys do to celebrate? We did a little staycation. It's interesting. I was thinking, what is the norm for the date of your anniversary? Ours, I just put the first night that we got together. Hint, hint. So the first night he fingered you? <laughs> I remember once I went to a party that was at Justin Bieber's old house. It was a house that was obviously bought by a 13-year-old. Like, it looked like a spaceship right. in Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh, I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. In OK Magazine. <laughs> so I was at this weird party thrown by this director. I can't tell you how underdressed I was for this party. I was wearing a denim long sleeve dress. There was literally a girl there who was in a bra, like just a fully in a bra t-shirt. So you were overdressed. Okay, yes, I was overdressed for the occasion. Okay. And for some reason, I thought it was really funny to just stand still and be like, you guys, Selena Gomez got fingered here. For some reason, that's comedy gold. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I thought that would stir the crowd up. And then <laughs> I, there was a really long line for the bathroom. And while waiting in it, I kept on telling girls, hey, Selena Gomez got fingered here. And this one girl was like, Justin Bieber, I know him. He is not nice to girls. <laughs> Whoa, was it uh, Marie Antoinette? 
was it Edith Piaf from La Vie en Rose? <laughs> That'd be um, so funny. <laughs> she, it was also the year, it was the month that Cardi B's Bodak Yellow came out. And mm-hmm. so I cannot tell you what a joy it was to be at a party when Bodak Yellow was just hitting its peak on the charts. The DJ played it like three times and each time we all had the same energy. And then on the ride home in the like the SUV, it came on. And again, we were just like, yes. You know what's crazy? That we haven't danced to WAP in public yet because of the pandemic. Speak for yourself. I've danced a WAP in public. <laughs> I have gone to a public park and danced a WAP by myself. Just kidding. That is the norm for celebrating your one year. I <laughs> a flash mob. To okay, WAP. so first of all, is it normal to celebrate your anniversary by with the WAP, WAP dance in a park? What's crazy is little old me, little old Devin Hunter, Leary, Viaz, and Victor. <laughs> little old Victor is, is reading something along the lines of JustJared.com, OKMagazine.com. I see a picture of Justin Bieber's old house. Looks like a spaceship. I'm thinking, wow, I'm so separate from this world of Hollywood. I would never even know someone who's been to this spaceship house. Little do you Little know. did I know that I could just put my finger on it and I'd be pointing at you. <laughs> Little Anna Green Gables. You were there. That's because you're a horse country girl and I'm a city girl. I don't know how I got to that party and I've never been to anyone like it. I am a horse girl, unfortunately. Whenever I'm at parties like that, the guys who look at me look at me as though like I'm someone's mom who came there to like pick up her daughter's not supposed to be out. <laughs> I'm like, Devin Leary? Is there Devin Leary here? Vias and Victor? Devin, D-E, Vias and Victor. <laughs> My friend went to a party once and she said her mom pulled up with all of her siblings in the back, came out of the car... She was in a robe like she had come out of bed. She was in a zip up robe zip. up, And she was like, Teresa Donnelly. Is there a Teresa Donnelly here? And I think about it all the time because even as a 30 year old woman, I'm like, there's nothing more embarrassing than having your mom come pull you out of a party when you're like 17. All I can think is, how do I get my hands on one of those zip up robes? And even though they existed, you need a time travel machine. I think it was bought in like 1970s. So listeners, we hear you. We are going through all of the shock, confusion and despair. The rest of the world is going through in regards to Demi Lovato's failed fiance ship with Max Ehrlich, her mm-hmm. broken engagement. I want to say that I was shocked because I did think it would last a little bit longer. I, I completely agree. As my sister put it, even if I realized the guy I was engaged to was pursuing eight other pop stars like six months ago, because of the effusive energy I had been putting out on social media about him, I would be like, listen, Max, I hate you. We are going to date for six more months. Yes. I'd be like, you're actually disgusting. I hate you so much. Everything about you I hate. You're stuck with me for at least four more months. And you should be so lucky to even be in my limelight for those four months. Yeah, it's one of those celebrity arrangement endings that you know the arrangement didn't go as planned because if it did, it would have gone on a little longer, especially because apparently they're both working on different coasts. One of the articles said, I think the People Magazine article was saying that he's filming a 
like Christian gospel movie in Georgia. So, I mean, come on. That is hard on a relationship when your boyfriend breaks into the Christian Hollywood scene. That was a quote I read from the article that I love. They're like, Max is wrapped up in Hollywood. I was like, no, he's, he's in not. Georgia making a movie about a gospel wearing a beige turtleneck singing in the mirror. <laughs> he wishes he was wrapped up in Hollywood. That's a new humble brag. I've just been wrapped up in the industry. I've been wrapped up in Tinseltown. It's taking me over. I'm at Justin Bieber's <laughs> house and I just don't feel connected to myself. I'm just not myself anymore. I wish I could be, but it's hard because so many people are in love with me. So it's just hard for me to get a normal perspective. Someone's been in Hollywood too long. I think about the Britney Spears MTV diary where she goes back to her hometown and I remember watching that when I was a kid and being like, imagine coming back to this rinky-dink old place and everybody knows my name, uh, meaning Connecticut. Anyway, someone on Twitter talked about how Brittany has your friend from your hometown energy, meaning mm-hmm. like when she went a little crazy, it's like, oh, Brittany Jean went a little off the rails. She's doing well now, though. She's dating this new guy. He's a bodybuilder. She mm-hmm. has her two kids. And her dad has her credit cards. Like, (laughs) I remember reading an article and some fashion designer was like, she's not couture. They'd been putting her in couture pieces for the photo shoot. And the photographer was like, I don't think she's couture, but that's fine. And I kept on thinking, yes. And that's the best, hottest part of Britney. Yeah. Is that she's meant to be seen in no bra and a crop top with a long rosary necklace and jean shorts that are barely hanging on. Mm Mm-hmm. Few girls can pull that off and look literally like perfection. She looks like perfection. So Max and Demi. Sorry. No, we got off. Listen, we got off track and I don't know how and I don't know why, but I think it's probably just this is Trump's America. So I feel like this was an arrangement that went wrong for some reason especially because they were on different coasts. They could have easily just made it seem like they were in a long distance relationship. They don't even have to see each other. Why did it fall apart? I I think the consensus is it was because of, as you mentioned, his comments on pop stars, social media. She did post on her Instagram, as we all saw, that she was like, these images are doctored and people should be talking about more important things, which, again, people, I guess, should be talking about more important things, excluding us, since we've pretty much made it the axis of our podcast to talk about their relationship. Yeah, so I guess she it seemed like she was defending him for those um starfucker behaviors. It's not even starfucker. Like starfucker is like hanging out at the Chateau Marmont hoping to make eye contact with like Jared Butler. Right. Or it's like one of those celebrities who only date celebrities. So it's not even that. It's like he was like a stalker creep. He was basically being like, "I love you Selena so much." He's like a Jonas Brother fan who made it through the barricades at one of the shows. Our friend Tess sent me some images today that she said she got from Jezebel where he commented on an Ariana Grande picture and said, my wife. He commented on a Selena Gomez live Instagram and said, marry me now in all caps. He commented on a Miley Cyrus post and said, kind of always hoped at Miley Cyrus would break my heart one day. So these are all things Devin has also commented on celebrity pictures of the same pop stars. Right. So like, I'm not judging it. I guess I'm saying I feel a kinship with him. 
But I also don't think anyone should be in a relationship with me, especially not someone who is unstable in their sobriety or new in their sobriety. I'm so that was what I was worried about is that I was thinking it's so it throws you off balance so much to go into something really quickly and to get out of something really quickly that I hope she's being taken care of and that she's looking out for herself through all this, which sources say she is. But I can't help but be concerned as someone who knows what all that feels like. And again, I just want the best for this girl. I wonder what it was, though. Like, do you think it was the pictures that she just finally was like, I've had enough? Yeah, you can only say that stuff is doctored for so long. She doesn't believe it's doctored. So we think she got into the relationship as an arrangement. I don't think it was an arrangement. I think... He reached out somehow. He broke through that barricade. She has been hurt. Her ex-boyfriend, who she had just gotten engaged, had just gotten to engaged. Sea Monkey. Wait, well, no, it's not Sea Monkey. Sea Weenie. Sea Weenie. Oh, it's a much worse. It's Sea Weenie. <laughs> At Sea Weenie. And she probably, and he was probably so emphatic that she probably didn't even care about like the content of his character. It was just kind of like, okay, this guy's obsessed with me. I see that a lot sometimes with celebrity relationships where, especially with women, we're so used, we're so discarded that when there's just like a fanboy who's obsessed with them, I feel like sometimes the consensus is great, fine. I'm just going to relax. It's the equivalent, I think, of having a trophy wife. I And I'm all for it. Right. But it seems like once she realized that it wasn't specific to her... It was like, oh, you're gross. And the videos that he posts um, singing on Instagram. Unbearable. Unbe- uh, truly unbearable. I mean, that's the thing, too. I was Demi's so talented and she's so beautiful and she's so down to earth. She just deserves the best guy. Yeah, I agree. So we're all team Demi. We're rooting for her. To be honest, I'm glad she's not wasting any more time with this guy. Me, too. I'm glad she's out. Personally, I see him on his own reality TV show in the next year or so. This is, in my opinion, one of the worst insults you can get. I see him on like a TLC reality show about weird Christians. Maybe he joins a Christian cult. Maybe he ends up outdaughtered like that show about the family that has like seven daughters. That could be in his future. (laughs) He would be in for all of that. All of that for more limelight. We have an amazing topic today, and it does tie into our letters as it's about jealousy. Jealousy in life, jealousy in work, jealousy in a relationship. Yeah. So we need to get to some of our listeners' questions today. First of all, thank you everyone for writing in to trueromancepod at gmail.com. We love listening to these letters so much. It means so much to us. I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. I know. It helps us so much. After a hard day to know that someone else has gone through similar things that we've gone through and that they at all feel engaged or moved by our podcast and us talking about Max and Demi and (laughs) the WAP dance. It just all makes us so happy and is exactly why we wanted to do this podcast was to connect with listeners like this. So we've gotten two questions that are somewhat similar that we wanted to pair together. Our first letter is from a listener. Let's call her Emily. She wrote in, I hear a lot of women say they have been asked, yet I have never been asked this question, so I'm curious of your experience with it. The age-old question, how are you single? 
Personally, I think it sounds like a humble brag, but I don't want to judge. Maybe I'm just jealous because I have never been asked this question on a date. I guess it's blatantly obvious as to why I'm single. The next letter that was somewhat similar, we'll say it comes from Amanda. Amanda writes, what to do when you are in your mid to late 20s and you are starting to feel like you will never be in love or in a good supportive partnership? How do you stop yourself from having a continuous mental cycle of when is this going to happen for me or why is this not happening for me? I'm in that age where my friends are all in long-standing committed relationships and my best friend recently got married and is planning to have children soon. Ugh, I hate when women do that to each other. I'm very happy for them, of course, but it's impossible not to feel like I'm getting left behind or to feel jealous. While I don't believe this in theory, it is hard not to feel less because you are not in a relationship, especially as a woman. How have you moved through or processed these feelings in your own life? First of all, thanks to both Emily and Amanda for writing in. Obviously, we identify with both. Strong relate. Strong Strong relate. I have never been asked, why am I single? And if I feel like everyone knows it's because I don't shave my legs. Sometimes I go out without a bra on sometimes <laughs> i once i was uh vacationing with my family and my dad said you need to start wearing a bra because your nipples are really pointy and i said i will wear a bra for the rest of my life if you refrain from ever saying that again and that was last weekend pretty much so yeah no one has really asked me how I've managed to stay single I remember my one of my close friends in college said I can't believe you're single like I would marry you and I wanted to be like fuck you Meredith there's almost like not ever a right thing to say when a friend has been rejected by someone because when you're the one who's been rejected nothing feels good the worst I just remember people saying like, how could he have rejected you? Then you know what? He's crazy. His loss. Oh, my God. What do you mean? If he's not into you, like, whatever. Okay, but he isn't. <laughs> he wasn't. So there is a reason. Also, when they're like, his loss, he's crazy. I'm like, he seems fine. He actually just seems like he moved on with his life. <laughs> I was actually really into him, and he seemed really cool. So I don't think... They're like, he's sick and suffering. I'm like, I don't think he is. He's... Seems really happy. <laughs> that being said, the second someone rejects my friends, I do think that they're insane. But yeah, I think when you're in the place of deep single dumb, meaning after the novelty of it fades, after the like when you're first single and it's really exciting and you get to go out and do whatever you want, after that fades, for me personally, speaking from personal experience, I'm always so sensitive about stuff like that. Yeah, everything feels like a comparison or am I not good enough? Am I, is there something I should be doing differently? Why is this person getting this and I am not? It's just for me, like any part of my life where I allow comparison to come in, it can immediately turn toxic. Like if I compare myself at work, I can't enjoy my job anymore. If I compare myself to my friends' relationships, I can't show up as a friend anymore. But it's just hardest for me, I think, with relationships because it feels like our society makes it like the most important thing for a woman's worth is if someone wants to be with you or not. Well, everyone asks too. Right. As if it's, and so I think I definitely have had that feeling of, nope, still not really meeting anyone. And instead of it being a failure of the guys around me to live up to my expectations or whatever, it's seen as 
what am I doing wrong? Right. But the truth is I meet a guy I really like like once every two years. It's very rare to meet someone you connect with. And I think that's something that I've found myself answering those questions with is, oh, I, I haven't met anyone I really liked. It's one thing meeting an attractive person. That's fine. But to meet someone who I want to spend my time with, my time is limited and I'm not going to spend it with someone who's not adding anything to my life. So I feel like when I was younger, my early to mid 20s, it was very much like, how can I trap someone? How can I find someone who wants me? It was never estimating someone else's character or intelligence or humor And I just felt lucky to be picked. And I feel like I'm at the place now where because of where work stands, because of where my own time with myself stands, I don't have the bandwidth to be with someone unless they're adding to my life. And because relationships take a lot of time and effort and they're worth it, definitely. But only if that person, again, is bringing in something. So Yeah, I've had friends. I mean, right now, Devin is dating someone amazing and I'm single and I know she's doing that to hurt me, but I also am understanding that it took Devin a really long time to get where she is, even if it looks easy to me right now. And yes, the reason why I am where I am is because I'm better than Carolina in every way, but it's still, she shouldn't compare because it's just not about that. Devin is trying to take me down by being in this relationship. And I think Matt, her boyfriend, is also in on it. But that's totally understandable. And I think that having any sort of faith in your romantic future is so nerve-wracking. But something I wish people would say more is it will take a while. Like, people are always like, you just, you got to, when you stop looking, you know, there it is. And I'm like, oh, really? Because I stopped looking for like two years. And I think it's fine to just be like, oh, yeah, it takes a while to find someone you're really interested in. And and still the best advice I've ever gotten is to get involved in your own life, to find your own interests, to find your own hobbies, to really engage with the world instead of just activating a search button and to really think, what do I want to do with my time? What kind of person do I want to share my life with? Because if you want to stand in, you can totally find one. Yeah. I know that's the thing too. The truth is anyone can have a boyfriend. Anyone can have a girlfriend. There's definitely is anyone like there's just anyone out there, but there's just, it's harder to come by a really amazing match for you, which I think is helpful for me because I remember thinking like, am I undateable? Am I unrelationshipable? But the truth is, I think I just had not high standards, but I am a unique person. I was looking for a unique person to be with, but I also did like waste my time with a lot of people because I was like, well, at least someone, at least it's someone. It's not a mark against your value that you haven't found someone who's worth it, but we hear you. We have been down that road before. I think I'm in it right now, but I just can't. I'd rather talk about people's love lives than date right now. I thought about dating the other day and I got physically nauseous. Well, actually. I would feel sick before every online app date I went on because I just was so nerve wracked and felt so awkward. Wait, can I tell you? I wanted to tell the story in the pod before because it's so crazy. So I'm 21 in New York. I I was complaining all the time about being single. I hate being single. I hate being single. Blah blah blah. My friend Lauren texts me a picture of this guy and says, I want to set you up. He's fine. 
So I'm sort of like, uh, yeah, sure. We exchange numbers. Nothing really comes of it. One night I'm walking around New York and I'm like, I just want to make out with someone. I just want to make out with someone. So I text this guy <laughs> that I've had his number for like months. Neither one of us has made the first move. And I'm like, hey, I want to make out with you right now. This is like at 9 p.m. He's like, uh, okay, cool. Well, I'm at this club. Why don't you meet me here? I'm with my friends and I'm like, I'm going to go make out with a stranger. So I get on the subway. I go down to this club slash tea room he's at. He's talking to his friends outside of the tea room. And we sort of make eyes like I'm just waiting for him. This is when the awkwardness sets in. As I've shared before, I don't drink. So there's no alcohol to sort of like make me feel wild. I'm just sort of like it's setting in that I'm just going to like make out with this stranger. Then he stops talking with his friends and he's like, hey, and I'm like, hey, and he's like, do you want to get a cab? And I'm like, sure. So we get a cab. It's so awkward. He's like clearing his throat like, ahem. So anyway, no. he's wearing a newsboy cap, which I've expressed oh, before. God. This was already a problem. I'm already thinking, how can I get out of this situation? Why did I do this to myself? I have to go back to see my friends in a cab now. We get to his apartment. It's just fantasy meets reality where I'm already like, I cannot be here. I cannot physically be here anymore. So right. I, I call our friend Sean. I'm like, wait. It's so dumb. I do literally the 16-year-old thing. I call our friend Sean. I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, can hear it in my voice. And she's like, no, I need your help. Come get me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. My friend is in so much trouble. And he's like, okay, well, can't she just handle it herself? And I'm like, <gasps> no, she can't. And he's like, okay, uh, you really have to go? And I'm like, yeah, I sort of do. I know. This is so crazy talking a mile a minute, just trying to get myself out of the situation. I'm like physically hot right now telling this story because it's so anxiety inducing. As I run out the door, he like sort of like pinches my waist being like, uh, bye. And I'm like, bye. And so I escape without hooking up with this person. But that's just a tale of my anxiety in terms of I want to not be single anymore. I want some companionship. And then when I met with that being like, oh, no, not like this. Not this badly. <laughs> that is so awkward. And I can so easily see myself doing that. So I'm really happy that I didn't. It was a theme that me and our friends Emma Carroll and Sean Cullen used to do where we would be on tinder and be like we don't want to really hook up or go on a date but do you want to meet me at 14th street and 6th avenue and make out and these guys would be like no <laughs> like i know that's a cab fare i don't want to just go kiss you on a street corner and i was like okay well i guess you're not a romantic then i guess you're high maintenance everything has to be your way i guess jeez we have to take a quick ad break and we'll be back i want you Hey guys, it's Rich Davis from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. 
Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. Kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Welcome back to True Romance. Our guest today is an L.A.-based writer and performer. She is currently workshopping a one-woman show called Spread Eagle Too Thin, which is extremely good. Both Devin and I watched it. It's incredible. Please welcome to the show, Sophia Cleary. Thank you so much. Sophia is currently at home with her husband and two kids in Colorado. Just kidding. I just wanted to say. I'm absolutely barefoot at this point. I'm barefoot. I'm pregnant again. Oh, my God. Congrats. Congrats. I just can't stop. I cannot stop having babies. That's what I wanted to come on this podcast and talk about. This journey of absolute love. I'm promoting my babies. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god my partner and I like my period was recently late and I was like yeah I was like I'm just freaking out like I'm so stressed out and they were like baby you're pregnant <laughs> we were like yeah totally yeah I must be pregnant which is just an ongoing hilarious joke when you're completely gay and utterly not exposed to sperm <laughs> I love that I used to say to people about me and my boyfriend I was like we're trying I mean, it's not going great, and I don't know what's going wrong, but we've been trying for three years, and I think it has to do with the fact that he's pulling out, and I think that's what isn't working for us. That might be it, just sort of the physics of it. Yeah. I can't wait for my dad to hear that. So (laughs) let's just get out of the way that you're in a band called Penis. I am. Because that's a dirty word, Sophia. It's bad. It's a bad word. You're a bad girl. 
Okay, you're bad, and I love that about you. I know. I mean, penis, like, yeah, that that band name, I love it so much because it's actually, like, the word penis is vulnerable. You know what I mean? It's actually, it's such a tender word sensitive. me. It's a tender being. That was something my bandmate and I, we were like, penis, it's like, we were like, it's it's not actually powerful. (laughs) It's like, like, we make it powerful, like, because we could have called the band, like, we've retired penis but now we're sort of just like a cult thing in my mind sure you know i'm like we're we're, we have an extreme cult following and it's like no you don't (laughs) we're very underground i love it wow i completely agree i think it's a very sensitive word and i think cock sounds like something like like a penis in a coal mine or something it's just like very like rodeo blue collar like not to be fucked with industrial revolution bumper sticker that says fuck gun rights which i (laughs) just recently saw it's a very pickup truck yeah very penetration yes penis however implies no penetration (laughs) to me (laughs) specifically i understand that other people may have different opinions and that's fine and that's america and that's completely fine when i was in middle school i had a health teacher when we had our first sex ed class we all like sat down in our little chairs and she was like, okay, everyone, penis. And we were like, what? And she's like, you better get comfortable with words like that because that's what we're going to be talking about. I'm actually obsessed. That's I love amazing. that. That's it like was amazing. Because I do feel like educators and also I was a birth doula for a while. And even like, yes. like a, a lot of my clients would have, they would be like, so anyway, when the baby comes out of like, <clears throat> And I would be like, your vagina, <laughs> your, your literal vagina, right? I mean, I wouldn't be such an asshole, but I would be like, okay, interesting information. My clients right. literally can't say the word sex or vagina. Like, how's the birth going to go? Like, no one knows. How did they get pregnant? Literally. Like, how? Like, in the darkness. It's like, completely shrouded. <laughs> what was that like to be a doula? I, I guess it's a very broad question. I loved it. I was actually just talking about it yesterday. I really miss doing it. I'm not doing it anymore because... It's interesting, like three years ago, like the more I started really performing live and like I needed to sort of like keep my shows booked and stuff, like I couldn't be on call. It didn't work to like be on call for births and want to be a performer. It's like simply not compatible. (laughs) And then also the birth world is like, I saw kind of a lot of fucked up stuff happening. Like hospitals aren't the most safe place. Yeah. 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 And there's like, there is actually like a lot of violence that happens like obstetrically that people like don't even know is violence. And they're just like, it's fine. Like daddy doctor says so. (laughs) It's like, like, no, babe, like this is actually not okay. What's happening. And I I felt myself getting really resentful and like full of rage. And then I was like, "Hmm, interesting energy to be bringing into a birth room. Like maybe I should take a break. You know, it was like, I, out of my own like responsibility for the birth work, sure. I, like, I have to actually step away. <laughs> yeah, but I do love the idea of you finishing a stand-up set on stage and being like, "You guys, I gotta go. I gotta finish like delivering that a literally baby." Happens. <laughs> that literally happened. I was like doing a show at El Cid, and I was like, "Anyway, like good night," you know, and then like was on my way to an induction. Oh my god! Cedars. <laughs> Which is like the only time that's ever happened that where it works because an induction is like scheduled. So right, right. I, I know when I have to be there. It's not it's not like spontaneous. It also strikes me as two things that could get you adrenaline highs like performing. Obviously, there's a lot of adrenaline there. And then being with someone in the most adrenaline filled moment of their life where you're literally Absolutely. welcoming new life to planet Earth. 
Yeah. I connect it sort of to my performance work in a lot of ways. Don't tell my clients, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I do love the idea of you being a doula and starting a stand-up bit to like help your client relax. I know. So what's up with birth? Yeah, I would never do that. But yeah, it's horrifying. Like I met my new sweetheart like during COVID or whatever. So they like, they literally, they haven't seen me perform ever because I haven't been performing. But so I have, I'm like, I keep trying to express to them. I'm like, I'm like, I literally have so much pent up energy because I'm not getting this shit out on stage. But yeah. so we've, we've had like little dinners with like their roommates or whatever, like, you know, four to five people. And I'm like, don't take over the dinner party. Don't take over the dinner party. <laughs> you know, like, because I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, it's an audience. I'm like, it's the closest thing I have to an audience. And I have to truly like psych myself into just being a normal person because I have all of this energy where I'm like, Hey guys, you know, but it's kind of it's kind of fun. No, it does happen. You just come in naked on a bicycle. I absolutely. I just fully start miming. I'm like, anyway, yeah. yeah. But they, I think that they kind of like it. But I haven't gone full throttle, of course. I totally even uh, before COVID I identify with that because I don't hang out with a lot of people in LA. A lot of my friends are in New York, and so whenever my friends from New York come to visit. I went to dinner with two people and I think they got like six words in all together. And then afterwards, I sort of did like the compliment seeking. I was like, I hope I didn't talk too much. And my friend Danny was like, you talked a lot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Let's get that out there. Friends. I love an honest friend. But I I absolutely do that manipulation, that gorgeous manipulation as well. Like, anyway, I don't mean to, (laughs) I don't mean to take over. Um, I don't mean to take up too much space. Um, and then waiting for people to be like, no, no, you're not taking up space. And then like, you're so shy. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So that's more permission to take up more space. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you are happily partnered, it sounds like. I simply am. You come to us, you're glowing like a woman in love. Thank you so much. How did that come to be in core? Literally like Tinder. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Literally Do I re-download Tinder the does- app? That's so vintage. And like Tinder does not work at all. You know what I mean? Like simply put, it's just disgusting, grotesque, depraved, wrong, canceled, criminal. Like it's absolutely like execute, like send me to the executioner. You know what I mean? And (laughs) and when I was on it, I was just sort of like, I'm really doing this because I need attention now. You know, like just DMing people, constant DMing literally tens of thousands of people, you know, and it's just like. (laughs) Like, love, love, love. Just to like to have a gorgeous sort of combo, and then oh yeah, I loved when people would be like, "I recognize you from your show," and I'd be like, "Go on." <laughs> anyway, but uh, but then this one person, this one person, it was like like set like just like said the right things, you know, and I was like, "Okay, I'm listening, bitch." And then they were actually the only person who was kind of like, "Let's go on a walk." And I was like, no, I was like, it's COVID. I was like, it's yeah. COVID. Don't be weird. I was like, we're not allowed to meet, you know. And then, yeah, this um, isn't what this is for. Yeah, and so obviously I love being pursued, so that was great. And then, uh, but then I was like, <clears throat> I was like, you have to zoom. We have to zoom first, which felt so corny and gay and weird. And I was like terrified to like zoom, like ew, to like zoom for a first date. Disgusting. But it was actually yes. really fun. And I was like, I'll only do it for an hour. And then it was like two and a half hours. And <gasps> oh, I love that. It was so cute. It was really that cute. That is really and then, cute. Uh, and, then, and then we hung out like a couple other times, like went to like the beach and like daytime stuff. And it was also during like when all of these protests were happening and like the full 
like a curfew was happening because of like the loot right, or right. whatever. So like they came over one night and then all of a sudden a curfew was imposed and it was like, go to sleep. You have to stay here. Oh my God, a successful trap. Well, that is actually really crazy. sexy too. Like you, you should spend the night. It's not safe it for you to go out like, on the road. It was like, you can't leave. Yeah, it was like, mm. but it actually made me so uncomfortable because it didn't feel like a choice that we were making. Oh right. yeah, that's true. And as a Sagittarius rising, I truly need to always be free or have the illusion of freedom. And like, so that moment was kind of like, wait, what is saying? <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out good. Anyway, sorry, am I taking up too much space? Am I yeah, talking too much? That's you're enough. shy. Yeah. You're shy. Come out of your shell. Come out of your shell a little bit. Listen, open up to us. Don't make you can be honest with out. us. <laughs> no, I uh, we loved the line you put in your one woman show, Spread Eagle Too Thin, that the reason you know you're a woman is because you would murder by poisoning. Which is like it's yeah. just it's just glamorous. It's just a glamorous thing to do. Yeah. Is there an experience that inspired that line? And and was that experience related to why you're interested in jealousy as a topic? Mm, that's interesting. I mean, the the like core of that joke for me is really more about like gender and deconstructing what it means to be a woman. And like, I'm just really like, I care a lot about and think a lot about like gender essentialism and like how, like just people being like, you're like, and also coming from birth work, you know, which is so like, when you have a vagina, that means you're a woman. And it's like, that's simply not true. And I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. so what? And like, my partner is trans. And like, I have so many trans friends. And I, I really care about um, in my comedy work too, like constantly kind of asking that question in my jokes and like just sort right. of just sort of confronting the audience like with with their own gender essentialism or like binarism. So I was like, what does it mean to be a woman? Because I've often been like, am I non-binary? Like, am I on the trans right. spectrum? Like, and I don't think I'm trans. I think I'm just like gender non-conforming and I love, and I'm a woman and I love being a woman. And I'm like, and I'm like, what is like the true thing for me that like could be distilled in that way? And I'm like, it would be sort of like right. secretly plotting in this like quiet genius way <laughs> to like have your ultimate in your self-robe and you murder and you simply murder. You know? <laughs> um, Murdering is yeah. like the most feminine thing. Like a murder fantasy is like a feminine thing. Yeah, well, non-violent murder, like and that, getting yeah. away with it, and getting away with mm-hmm. it too, you know, because you you've used hemlock or whatever, <laughs> you know, you've yeah, used some kind of poison. <laughs> I gathered hemlock in my apron. You know, that just reminds me of Phantom Thread. That's very much the heroine in yes, Phantom Thread. Exactly, like, I'm chop up like, mushrooms. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to lead to murder, right? It's like because it's for your own good, and you need to be vulnerable, and like you will acquiesce on your back. Yeah, yes, exactly. You will submit to me. Yeah, exactly. You talked about being a fixer and people pleaser in your one woman show. Um, Is that something that it like affects your current relationship? Do you think you're getting better at it? Devin and I have have a lot of experience being um, insecure, attached, codependent people. So we're interested to hear about yours. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's the kind of thing that's just like in you, you know, it like starts in childhood, right? Or whatever, Mm -hmm. or like these early developmental relationships. And for me, I'm like, it's just always going to be in me. And so I have to like, use tools every single day to keep it at bay or to like, right. Or to be, like, in relationship to it in a way that's, like, gentle, but also, like, hey, 
literally don't do that. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and like today I even said like to my sweetheart, I was like, and you're being codependent. And they were like, hey, can you stop? You know, because like I'm so quick to identify it in other people too. A thousand percent. And then they're like, can you just like, like lay off a little bit and I'm like no you know but um (laughs) but I I need to like be a little more gentle around it because sometimes when I see it happening I get really scared too because I've done so much work around it at this point that I'm like "Uh uh-oh codependent you know like abort and it's like no like we're all kind of codependent and it happens all the time but it was like the kind of thing in a dynamic where they were like um like can you drive me to go pick up my car and they're like but you have this podcast at 11 so like you probably don't want to do it and like whatever and I was like right don't I was like don't tell me what I'm willing to do like I'm telling you that I'm willing to drive you there and it's okay you know what I mean it's it's always sort of like yeah. we're anticipating each other's needs and it's like no let's just use our words and like say what we mean and then we can pretty much avoid that whole dynamic <laughs> yeah I struggle so much with with that anticipating thing because I always assume that my boyfriend just isn't he like is a secure person but because of that I always assume he's just not saying how he actually feels like I'm like okay you're okay with this but what are you not saying like (laughs) I'm like what's going on and I'm constantly saying to him like I'm just afraid you're not telling me how you actually feel about things and he's like oh no, no I definitely would tell you and I'm like what that just doesn't compute to me <laughs> because it, it feels like honesty is playing a game. Yeah, I'm like Devin will be what? like Matt says he's tired and doesn't want me to wake him up, so I just don't know what like he's trying to get across. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. It's like it's literally that he's tired. Yeah, exactly. I know. Exactly. It's so you, you do strange. You have to like retrain your brain, and then there's like a level of trust that comes in too, right? Because it's like I just have to trust that you're saying what you mean, and then I just right. have to move on with my life. I just have to move on with my life, and and of course we mistrust because we say things all the time that we don't mean, right? Right. <laughs> I'm fine. You know, it's like, I'm simply not fine. You know, so I think what the more it? the more we stop lying and the more we stop being, like, dishonest about our needs, then the, yeah. more, the more we can trust other people, right? Like, that's, like... That's the, so clear. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that, that didn't so sound... I wish... That sounds so easy, and I don't know why I never thought of it that way. No, it's hell. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy, <laughs> even though, like, articulating it can be very clear and, like, right. confronting. It's not easy to do. Yeah. I tell other people to do that all the time where I'm like, no, if they said they can do it, they can do it. Right. But then in your own life, it's so. I yeah. literally won't let people help me move. And totally. because I, yeah. I say it's going to be too stressful for me. Like, will it be harder on my own? A thousand and ten percent. Right. But yeah. you helping me will send me into an emotional spiral where I feel like I'm torturing you and we are growing apart through this. Process. Right. We are yes. growing yes. apart. They're like I there did, to help um, you move. And you're like, I feel yeah. like you have walls up. You're like, there's walls. And they're like, no, I love you. And you're like, you have walls. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, why did you look at me like that? I remember once I was at a vacation rental with an ex and some of his friends. And I was making Annie's mac and cheese Mm. and for me and my ex. And his friend just said, oh, is there um, some extra for me? And I was like, yeah. And then I served my the ex-boyfriend at the time and his friend and then pouted for like the next three hours and was like he stole my food oh like my he stole God. my lunch and yeah. my ex was like this is psychotic like you explicitly told him it was okay he asked you if there was extra and I just mm-hmm. I think that's a pattern too is that I build up resentment like I let myself be a doormat and then I build up resentment and then I snap totally. and then I turn into like 
you know what? Yeah. And I throw everything that I did, like, ostensibly for, like, fun and for free in their face. Mm-hmm. I have to, like, you can't throw birthday presents in someone's face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's truly no one more resentful than a codependent. It's like it's like the right. most resentful people, I think. Yeah. And like and it's like, well, I'm just a martyr. And it's like, no. <laughs> it's like I you know. literally are this unhappy of your own doing. Like no one does to you. And that was the thing that started really freaking me out when I noticed my codependency getting like really intense is I was like, okay, I think I'm like a victim. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm literally not a victim. And that kind mm-hmm. of thinking is so so toxic and like I actually have so much more control over my own happiness than I think you know but it's mm-hmm. like we're raised in all these ways that are like so toxic or I was at least <laughs> I think it's both culturally and personally and when you look through mm-hmm. and when you look how society raises us as women there's a lot of martyrdom there in general like oh no you are happy taking care of other people mm-hmm. and like if you put yourself first it's a selfish thing to do and and everyone around you will suffer from it and so but I do think it's really interesting how by acting the victim, we just make ourselves more depressed, like to describe your part in something, you know, um, instead of being like, I am the victim of a failed relationship or something. If you actually look at your part and things you did, even if it's to say, OK, this was my part in ending the relationship, it's like ultimately empowering to give yourself some part of the fall, to give yourself some part of the agency in it because I think otherwise I create a narrative that life happens to me life happens to a lot of people but not me you know (laughs) like not people who are white and cisgendered um so I think that it's just important to remove yourself from that narrative or else you end up writing the rest of your life that way yeah one of our listeners recently asked us about the worst boundaries we ever had Devin and I had loads of stories from going through razor phone messages to me trying to heal my ex-boyfriend's relationship with his mother to, (laughs) God, I don't know, shopping for groceries for an ex-boyfriend's family and just cooking the meals so I could stay around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could go on, but who would want to hear more? Do you have any experience with boundaries, whether they be, you know, like we were saying, just simple stuff as in okay, I'm, I'm going to put my partnership over my career today just so I can feel like emotional security or I'm going to like invade privacy to like for self-care. Mm, oh my God. I mean, absolutely. Starting hundreds of years ago, have I had horrible boundaries? But um, I mean, the way that it shows up for me specifically is like a, a lot of my first relationships were with like drug addicts and alcoholics and like that okay. that's a thing that I really have to keep in check because I'll be like, mm-hmm, you're three drinks deep, babe. You know, like I'll be like, yeah, I like focus on and like I really need help with that because that's something that's like obviously out of my control. And also like dating people now who like simply are not alcoholics or drug addicts, I will still treat them that way. And I'll be like, hmm. right. I'll be like, what's that? This is the model. Yeah, and I'm like, what are you doing? And then, yeah. and then they're like, I'm just having a drink, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, right. That's right. normal. And like, I don't, it is fine. And, and I need to focus on myself, you know? And like, that's always what it comes back to. It's like, I just need to focus on myself and not what this other person is doing. But that's kind of like this root trigger for me around that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, when I think about like some boundaries recently, like like a really cute thing happened with my person. They like hung out with somebody one night that like I'm semi threatened by or something. And um, 
And then in the morning, they were like, all right, I have to make some cappuccinos now. And I was like, how many cappuccinos? You know, because I, I, I like in my head, I was like, I was like the person slept over and they're cheating on me and like all this crazy shit. Right. You know, and, and they're like, I'm making four cappuccinos. And then I was like, four. I'm going to ask you a normal question. How many cappuccinos but I didn't, and how many but then glasses I didn't, of water are yeah, you drinking Yeah, but I didn't ask further. I didn't ask. And I just was like, mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, don't think the worst, you know, <laughs> it's fine. And then I ended up telling them and they were like, oh, I made them for my roommate and the guy who's like fixing the floor downstairs, the like maintenance guy or whatever. And I was like, of course you were. But like, I, Mother Teresa. But my jealousy like really came in that way, you know, where I was like, and. And that person slept over and you guys hooked up and like my brain was just like going crazy and <laughs> and then I was like I also noticed that you have hinge still on your phone and um, yeah and like so all of these things in a trifecta suggest to me that you're not in it you know and they were like they're like right. what's hinge <laughs> and I was like I was like hinge is on your phone I was like I saw it on your phone and they were like okay and then they opened it and it was like join hinge like they didn't even have an account right. they like, didn't even know that it was on their phone which right. like, of course they're so sweet my god that's so but sweet. but i'm actually really proud of myself for bringing it up even though it's like depraved and uncomfortable because it would have festered no, it would have so festered helpful. and like because yeah, they're yeah. secure they're just like oh i get that you were jealous or like freaked out and like don't worry and then like that's the conversation and i'm like okay <laughs> Yeah. I think um some of the most painful things that I've gone through are things that I've imagined happening. Like you said, I remember um thinking that I, I like left a party that an ex and another girl I was like freaked out by were at and I went home and cried and called Devin because I was like, So they're hooking like <laughs> hey, they're hooking up right now, like they're having sex and um I hope they're happy. Exactly. And in so much pain over these like this information I had gotten from myself, from my brain, not from reality. And it's also hard for me to remember that like if I'm gonna really trust someone, I don't need to monitor them. Like both those things can't coexist. Right. Like monitoring is like what keeps me feeling safe. And it's so it's like a tr- it's a real trust fall to be like, OK, so I'm going to not text you throughout the day because I'm going to assume that you are just making a Pinterest board full of pictures of me and loving me and doing everything you should be doing. Yeah, you know? it's like that benefit <laughs> of the doubt. That's kind of hard to cultivate yeah. sometimes when especially yeah. when like you see Hinge is still there, <laughs> you know, and you're like, mm, I want to give you the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. But it's like and it was totally innocent and fine and. Yeah, I was sitting next to an ex-boyfriend once and he got a text on his phone that he opened and it was a girl being like in broken English being like, Bachi, so good to see you. Miss you so much. XO. And I was like, how long am I going to be able to sit with this? Like without asking. Like I like really how long? It, it literally lasted 30 seconds before I was like, can I ask you something? We're going to have to take a break. We'll be right back with True Romance. I want true. Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander, with three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, 
So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. And we're back with True Romance, sitting here with Sophia Cleary, talking about boundaries, jealousy, all things we're very good at. And we don't really need to talk that much about it because we're doing really well. (laughs) (laughs) What area of your life, Sophia, do you think envy or jealousy is still actively playing a role? Like where... In the world of, um, what's the game called? Where you hit all of those, like, whack-a-mole. whack-a-mole. Mm-hmm. In the world, of, if, if your life was like whack-a-mole and the mole was jealousy, where are you hitting it right now? Wow, deep Okay, metaphor. so I'm a writer. <laughs> if you're not okay, getting it, it's fine. I can so put it on paper. This is a bit of an explorative platform. That's a simile or, for you guys, a metaphor. <laughs> for you guys. Um. <laughs> for y'all. <laughs> oh man I mean I think it shows up I think it rears its ugly head for me mostly in my romantic relationships like I'll be like who's that (laughs) you know what I mean or I'll be like yeah are you texting (laughs) um so I often have to like really retrain myself in that way and you know especially stuff like that I know is not a big deal like it's like of course you had past relationships before me but I'm like, right. but I'm like, that's not allowed, <laughs> you know? Like, I know. And of course they mattered. Like, it'd be weird if they didn't of matter, if that person you didn't loved matter. that person and, like, maybe still have love for them like I do some of my exes. It's like, it's like I'm allowed to have it, but they aren't. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it's just, it, and I, it, I know it all in my head. I'm like, of course you can have that relationship. But, like, the that's where jealousy comes from. It's just, like, in the body. There's, like, something just in the body that's right. like, no, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. The more I'm like gentle to that part of myself, and it's like, it's okay, Sophia. You know, it's okay. Like that's a normal feeling, you know. And and because I think when I get like, that's not normal, and like you're not being queer, and like shut up, you know, that's when it gets worse somehow. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Totally. So it's sort of like um, like what you're saying. I can I can intellectually understand it all, but it's kind of the way that accidentally my voice rises. Like I remember sitting down for lunch with an ex ju- for you know I was like let's just grab a bite and catch up, okay? <laughs> Could not have been like more dishonest about my real intentions. And he was like, yeah, so I'm seeing this new girl. And I swear, was trying to make my voice sound as even as possible when inside of a restaurant, I was like, who is she? <laughs> and like people's heads like turned. And I was like, wow, that was that was actually me trying. Oh like that was, God, as Taylor so Swift says, this is me trying. Yeah, this is I me wasn't trying. even, I wasn't she? even, <laughs> I truly was trying to look even keel. And he was like, oh, I don't know if I should tell you her name. <laughs> how's that going in your current relationship it sounds like you actively evolve which i think is like a very brave cool thing to do so you can at least name the behavior i mean i work really really hard to like get do that stuff and like be better in that way because ultimately i'm the one who suffers you know what i mean it's like i don't want to freaking suffer i don't want to be in my like petty jealousy also because when i'm jealous too and sometimes i'm like oh sometimes i'm more jealous when i'm like hungry <laughs> or you know what i mean i'm like simply tired and hungry and yeah. then i'm like who's that you know and it's like okay you need to eat a meal and then you'll be fine you know it's like all hungry of angry stuff. lonely tired yeah exactly it's all connected and like, thank you for saying that halt hungry angry lonely tired stop halt, what you're doing babes. right now and um i just it's like this basic stuff that's like oh wow right taking care of yourself and um yeah it's like if I'm feeling insecure about my career maybe I'm gonna be like you don't love me to my person and then then just like seeing how those things might be connected and just kind of constantly humbling myself but then at the same time being like okay what's actually really important to express right now and that's something I'm learning too is that like dating those things that I deem horrifying or whatever like it actually brings me closer to the people I want to be close to. Oh, that's mm-hmm. intimacy, babe. Wow. Like, I'm lear- I'm just learning about intimacy, to be quite honest. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you- well, usually I seal also... myself off. I seal myself off. Right. Yeah. yeah. I seal myself off and I put myself in the closest physical proximity possible. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't survive without, like, one body part touching theirs. Totally. Like, if they're across the room at a party, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll need to get there as soon as possible. But I won't be, yeah, I won't be honest about my feelings. I won't be honest about my past. I won't be honest about what I'm scared of. And and Devin's sort of going through this thing with her current partner where, I mean, Devin, you can speak to it yourself. Like, <laughs> so Devin, Devin, don't speak. Devin is muted. I don't know what's going on. Devin's muted. And we'll be talking about what Devin is going through. <laughs> I was actually going to be interested to see, like, how you describe it. We're very um, proud of her. She's doing a lot of good work. Devin, don't say a word. No, because I think what, Carolina is referring to is like this jealousy that I have for my boyfriend's friendship with this person that like we we've talked about it before like I I'm jealous of her in many ways I think she's like a really successful person I I'm envious or respectful of which can be interchangeable for me <laughs> of her like success but also their relationship and I I was doing a lot of what you were saying of like who are you talking to oh you're talking to her oh okay no no that's fine one time we were on a walk and she called him and he was like oh do you mind if i take this call and i was like no of course not no as we're walking i'm literally like putting my headphones and looking down brooding 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 and then like when he brought it up again like i felt embarrassed of it as you were describing like i felt like 
I feel so stupid that I care about this, but I actually do care about it. And once we talked about it, basically like for a week, I feel like I didn't really express how I actually felt about it because I kept overanalyzing everything and I kept um, wanting to be cool, as Carolina says. Like I, I wanted to be like, no, 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 it's cool. Like I don't yeah. care. I understand that like this is my problem. I understand I'm insecure. You know, either like self-flagellating and being like, I'm insecure, I'm crazy, something's wrong with me or being like, I just have to accept this. Like I'm just gonna act like everything's fine. And then once we, I ended up kind of... Um, like upsetting him because I was like started crying about it but wouldn't tell him why I was crying and it like really upset him obviously and then we had a real honest conversation about it that was like the most productive conversation we've had and I just was like why did it take me a week of all these little like defensive behaviors to just have a clear honest conversation about it um Oh, so a that week's was interesting. not that bad. Good for you. Like, I mean, and it'll get shorter <laughs> as, as you practice it more, right? It's like sometimes it takes people years to like name all of their resentments, and then like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a nice story. Have you ever been on the other side of it? Like, have you ever? Because I had a boyfriend who had a really beautiful ex girlfriend. I say that objectively. <laughs> she was sort of like a model build. And I would go through her prom Facebook pictures and cry. Like that was an activity <laughs> of mine. And I would always bring up to him, like, I know you're in love with her still. And at the same time, I do think that I was being like slightly gaslit because he would say things like, oh my God, you're crazy. But then he would also like play his playlist that he had made for her on his iPod in the car yeah. and me being mm -hmm. like, okay, wait, but I, I didn't want to be labeled as crazy. So I was quiet about it. Yeah. And again, when I could have just been like, hey, can you not play this song particularly that you dedicated to her? And I, at the time, I just became very, it, 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 even though it was jealousy on someone else, it became like a self-obsession. It was an obsession with myself still. I became obsessed with like beauty and how I looked and and I kept on asking him like, am I prettier than her? Am I, I compared myself to like every woman. This is me at like 19. So I was constantly looking at girls and like if you talk to a girl at a party I would later ask him like am I prettier than her and, and if this sounds juvenile it's because that's exactly what it was but then we were in a blockbuster once and there was a poster of Marilyn Monroe and I was like am I prettier than Marilyn Monroe and he was like you know what no I'm sorry like I'm tired you're not prettier than Marilyn Monroe and I was like <laughs> then like go into another aisle and cry right but in a way you're like te you're like testing him because it's maybe you know that he's right and you want right. it's, like, it's like you want him to be a liar but you also want him to tell the truth you know and it's like yeah. so you can't win and you just say it's like we yeah. set up these games where like no one can win and it's like oh mm -hmm. it's totally. like wrong answer and it's like well what about this it's like wrong again and it's like yeah wrong again yeah. and there's just nothing you can do <laughs> like <laughs> totally but then I've been with guys like my college boyfriend was hyper jealous and I remember I realized this was after the relationship where I was really jealous and I realized how destructive that was on our relationship oh my mm -hmm. God. this is exhausting to reassure so you all the time exhausting. and it's not sexy like no offense it's just like I don't like just be confident I'm with you like believe that if you can believe anything believe that like I come to meet you yeah. I'm not like meeting anyone else and also like it sounds weird but like not being trusted made me not want to be in the relationship mm -hmm. like i was like i don't i want to meet someone else then yeah <laughs> that that actually happened in like one of my most recent like relationship where 
in my performance work too, I'm like extremely flirtatious with my audience and I do all this kind of like touching and like sexual stuff. And after one of Mm -hmm. my shows, I was being screamed at on the street about like how I looked at someone and like how, and it it was like a mutual friend of ours. Like I was like flirting with them or something. It's like, I see the way you look at them or whatever. And I was like, literally like, what the fuck are you talking about? And um, this is by an ex. Yeah. And like, Wow. I know. Pray they don't listen to this podcast, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but it was really bad. I had to constantly like assuage their jealousy. There was so much jealousy in the relationship. And and the thing that was the hardest for me that I was finally able to articulate, which was why I was like, I can no longer be in this relationship, is because when they would come to me with the jealousy, I was always immediately the villain. Whereas I think if you mm-hmm. come to your partner with the jealousy and you're like, I need some reassurance, I'm feeling insecure, I love you, and you're not, yeah. you're not, because ultimately it's about like, I need attention, I'm not feeling good, and I love you, right? Yeah. But it was, I would be like, oh, sweetie. And then I would literally be like, or, or like sometimes I would give them a lot of affection and I'd be like, mm, like, I love you so much. And they would be like, what are you hiding? They would be like, what are you trying to <gasps> cover up? I mean, I've been there right now. Yes. And I was yeah. like, yeah. wait, so I can't even give you affection without that being sus. Like, oh, yeah, no. like this is crazy yeah. making, actually. And it yeah. sucks now because I was never really like, who are you calling? Who are you talking to? I was not really that person. But I feel like because of that relationship and how they did that to me, I've brought that into this relationship now, which is really fucking annoying. And I'm pissed off about it. Like, I'm like, ew, like you got in my head a little bit, bitch. <laughs> You know, and it's like, I yeah, feel like definitely with the hinge thing, I wouldn't have cared like two years ago with this person. I would have just been like, of course, give them the, the benefit of the doubt. But now I'm like, huh, maybe my ex was right. And like, maybe they're on hinge. And like, you know, it sucks. Yeah. yeah. I, I have had such a similar experience. I, I was in a relationship similar to what you were describing, where the person needed constant reassurance and as Carolina was saying, like it was really pushing me away. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I remember uh, at one point when we were in a fight, he had said like, you've never been sure about me or you've always had doubts about me. And I remember thinking like, yeah, that's true. And I still have yeah. them, which is fucked up of me because in that moment I should have been able to say like, yeah, I shouldn't be in a relationship with someone that I have doubts about. Like that's messed up. But I feel like that has bled into the relationship I'm in now because I am so happy in it that part of me is like but what if he has doubts like I'm constantly like wait now I'm on the other side like I'm the one who's obsessed with the relationship so that must mean like the other person doesn't want to be in it or something and then I get in my head where I'm like now I'm being like that now he's gonna be annoyed this is what happened to me like oh my god I'm doing it I'm like whatever but (laughs) I know anyway it's exhausting to be in my little head for a day Uh, Um, I feel you (laughs) I think also I mean witnessing your past relationship before this one I think that so many of your doubts were rooted in his insecurity like it wasn't that your doubts came out of nowhere your doubts were like okay this person needs to like get their life together and when I say that I mean like your self-esteem needs to be built with from within like I can't be the person that exactly is like holding the Jenga piece in place to make sure that you don't fall apart when somebody Mm -hmm. like doesn't love themselves it's like then everything will be evident for as to why they're unlovable you know what I mean and it's like that's what I realized yeah I was like no it's it's like no matter what I do you're gonna construe 
what I do as evidence that I don't love you because that's your thesis right. of moving through the world that you're wow. unlovable. Yeah. And I'm completely powerless over that. So gotta go. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's so sad because I didn't want yeah. I didn't want that to be the case, but it was like this is just unmanageable. So that's so that helpful is, to hear, though. Yeah, that was like so, so like beautifully and like perfectly put. Well, I think also because as a codependent person, I really do believe that I have the power to either like ruin your life or like save your life yeah. when I have neither. Yeah. So I'm the kind of person who like will obsess over like a sentence I said earlier that day if it sounded like mean at all. Yeah. And like, oh, God, I right. hope you didn't think about this. And I and then I'm also the person where if an ex is having a bad day or a bad year, I'm like, okay, so this is what we'll do to completely transform and save your life. Thinking mm-hmm. that like, if you don't have the will to do that, don't worry, because I do. No, yeah, <laughs> like, my love will heal you 100%. My yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm such a believer. Yeah. Um, I have a piece of jealousy that's directed towards you, and that's that you posted a picture of your ass on Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like... Do I have consent to speak about how amazing your ass is? Thank you so much. Yes, you do. It is actually. I was like, oh, okay. So that's what I'm going for. <laughs> All right. Which reminded me of a time that I was in a gym in LA. I like worked out with a trainer briefly because that was like a, a lifestyle I was toying with. And I'm working out with a trainer in LA, but I'm not wearing my glasses. I, I like don't wear my glasses when I work out and I can't see far distances. But I'm in this tiny gym and I just see a woman from across the gym and I'm like, that's the body I'm going for. Like she's curvy, but she's not like skinny. I don't like like thigh gaps or anything. I love just like a curvy, like muscular female body. Yes, that's what I'm going for. And like it exists. And then as she walks by me, I see it's Jennifer Lopez. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. oh my God. <laughs> so maybe that's like harder than I think. So and she's like 50. She's simply perfect. She's 50 and she's been literally works out when I get to the gym. And when I leave, she's like on hour two. Oh, <laughs> like, oh God. Okay. So um, I when I saw it though, I was like easy. Yeah, I know. You're like, I'm going to, that's no problem if I just keep coming back to crunch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, that, I do think that that ass photo, I'm so self-conscious about it now. It's so funny. No, but I no, do think please. it was partially the angle. I do think like I did, I did twist in a way that I learned from like teens on TikTok that I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah. That's how I stare at my ass in the mirror. It's it, like the it, twist. It's the only way you have to twist, right? Unless you have like a series of mirrors sort of orchestrated gorgeously across your apartment. So you can get the, you know, right. whatever. But yeah, it, it was, a, it was a nice moment. I used to do ballet too. And my ass looked so much better when I did ballet, but now it's kind of. This is important information. I just want a big fat ass, and that's like all I've ever wanted. Yes. Devin had to like reassure me the other day. I was like, I just want a fat ass. <laughs> I was like, I think you have one. I really do. <laughs> like, maybe you have one. <laughs> she does. Just so women and men know that there is a light on the other side of the obsession that is jealousy, are there times when you've gotten over it? Yeah, I do think there are. I think like, ex- expressing it is really important right like I do think like the cappuccino like scenario would have festered otherwise if I hadn't said something so I do think Mm -hmm. that that process is getting over jealousy I don't think you get over jealousy by keeping it to yourself necessarily I feel like in career stuff I've really like pivoted or like changed my perspective like when close friends of mine 
get something really big. Oh my god, and you got like fifty thousand dollars, and you're like going flying to like wherever, like for a film. I feel like years ago that would have made me jealous, but now I'm just like, oh, that just means it's that much closer to me. Because I think like, oh, yeah. I think as long as I stay out of this kind of scarcity mentality, I, I just refuse to believe that there's like slots. There's only certain slots for people. And that might be true. Right. Yeah. And if that is true, then like, I don't want to be a part of it, bitch. You know what I mean? Right. So I just, right. that's like where I have to force myself to go with like professional stuff. I think career envy is so particular. I mean, it's a completely different world from relationship envy, at least for me. Yeah. A lot of it's rooted in the similar idea that the person I'm jealous of does not become human anymore and becomes someone who's just like good and happy and nice and rich and has everything that I want. Yeah. I also know in my core that like nothing will ever be enough for like me. You know what I mean? So like, like, and mm-hmm, like throughout, totally. throughout my life, I've been like, oh, if I just get this, then I'll be fine. If I just get this. And I've like attained a lot of those things. And then it's like, no, there's always something more that I want and that I don't have and that I deserve. And why don't I have it? You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's an endless cycle. So Yeah. As someone who has three puppies that I got over the last two years, I identify with that. <laughs> Never enough. Like, I think I'm going to need another one. I'm not Aww, getting on my feelings. So they're cute. so cute, though. That's amazing. They are so cute. What do you think is the worst representation of female jealousy that you've seen in TV and film? And what do you think is the best representation of it? Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, the... Stephen King film uh, Misery with Kathy Bates. Yes. So one of my favorite movies. So I'm not even. That's kidding. literally one of my favorite movies. I would love to remake it and and like play Kathy Bates. But um, genius. Oh my god. Like yes. a queer, a queer Misery is something yeah. that I would go fucking insane. Like for. I'm like, is it? I'm like, but I'm like, it's it is jealousy. It's that kind of like Munchausen's like, but it's like not jealousy. Mm-hmm. But it feels like jealousy adjacent, maybe of just you're this amazing writer and like, but if I can just be near you and it's like this possessiveness somehow. And just the fact, just the fact that he wants to just like leave is a threat to her. You know what I mean? And it's Mm -hmm. not jealousy maybe necessarily, but it's, but it is, you know, and I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch the movie to like really hone in on the exact examples. But, but for me, I was like, is that the worst or is it the best? It's both. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's right. like so depraved and sick and she's like willing to injure <laughs> yeah. him. She's willing to, she injures him. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to keep him. Yeah. I think it's like codependency though. I think that movie is very codependent. It's, it's amazing. Because she's keeping him hostage first of all, which is like sort of like my old relationship style. And I had, <laughs> I literally, when I first watched it, like the week I first watched it, my boyfriend had a cold in New York. Mm-hmm. And so I was like ordering him food, like checking in on him all the time, oh just being God. very much like a codependent girlfriend. <laughs> and at the same time, we were fighting all the time. And whenever we fought, I'd be like, I am taking care of you. Yeah, <laughs> and there's literally a scene in Misery where she like pushes him down a flight of stairs. Exactly. And like, I love exactly, you so much. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I was like, fuck. We literally looked at each other because we were watching it with a group of friends. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. like, I see some of it. Exactly. Like I, that dynamic <laughs> is just chef's kiss Mwah. you know like i love yeah. cook to perfection i love how they represent it and like they're both so good and it, yeah it's so good and like sequestering someone and it's like you're mine mm-hmm. you're yeah mine. yeah yeah i will say there's always a storyline on shows like the oc gossip girl one tree hill where there's a girl who like comes from a strange 
town and her stories aren't lining up and she becomes obsessed with like Misha Barton or Serena Vanderwoodson right. yeah. and and then slowly like single white females though. Oh yeah, also an amazing film. My god. Yes. Yes. Important. Yeah. Important. Okay, so I'm like a huge devotee of like the Bachelor franchise and I okay. do think that there are like because it's reality TV so like who's supposed to mitigate it? You know what I mean? Who no one. Right. But but I do think like the way some of the women talk about each other or like about their love interest or whatever like some of the jealousy that comes up with like that like like if he was interested in me then he would have come you know or whatever and it's like actually right. you're sick you're like <laughs> or not sick yeah. I mean maybe that's too cruel but it's like it's like this unexamined jealousy that I feel like in in media representation like that kind of um promotes that way of thinking for women like or right. all women are like I see myself in that and because it's unexamined and there's not even like a sense of humor around it women feel like validated to have those feelings and like take the actions that these right. women on The Bachelor take to like get attention or whatever it is so I'm like oh no right. I'm like so many people are probably like team whatever team Kaylin you know because she's like <laughs> I don't even know who that is but you know what I mean because because of like the toxic ways in which she's acting and like yeah and and like the way people think about cheating too I find so toxic I feel like that franchise right. is kind of like you looked at her you cheated you know and it's like that's simply not cheating <laughs> yeah. like we have a spectrum of desire you know yeah Bachelor in Paradise yeah. is like so toxic it's but I love it it's obviously. actually psychotic but it's so good but it is insane like truly it's just rampant alcoholism gone yeah yes and just like bringing i mean it's basically love island but it's just like as soon as they like orchestrate that as soon as like one couple gets together they bring in an old flame Mm -hmm. of one of the people in the couple that they hooked up at some country music festival like two years ago (laughs) and they're like okay wow blake is here blake i have to rethink i remember the blake saga (laughs) yes I yeah, love Blake. that you call it unexamined, though, because I think I yeah. felt that in like relationships where I was very jealous and and it's not it's not because I was very jealous or anything. It's not very much related, but I was very jealous without examining even how I felt about the relationship. Like all I felt was like white hot jealousy all the time. <laughs> right. So I wasn't even thinking like, wait, am I enjoying like the actual like dinners I'm having with this person? Right. Um, do I think like they're worth like their time is worth being jealous of? Like, right. right. When I, again, it, jealousy is sort of like self-obsession to me. Like all I was trying to do was to bolster my self-esteem to find out if I was better than this person so that I could like live a secure life. Mm-hmm. I did not think like, okay, so if it's just, if if there is no threat and it's just me and this guy forever, like how do I feel about that? Mm-hmm. And I think it's like The Bachelor is a perfect example of like, okay, you don't know this person, but you are in a competition. So that's all you're thinking about. Like you're totally. not thinking of them like as an actual person. You're just thinking about like, I really hope I get to be in the top three because that means I get to go to hometowns and right. I really think that I have a chance. Like, Yeah, I know. I can't imagine all of the like insane feelings that go into being a contestant on that show they're like and if i don't get number one well at least i'll have influencer status and i can sell some diet tea you know what i mean or like what is that like their backup plan always they're like well at least i'll be able to do ads (laughs) and all of the guys are such like actors like the serious faces they put on are so almost like painful to look at they're like like, listening faces (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
And the girls are just like trying to sell like a tragedy, like to get themselves more airtime. Exactly. It's always like, like yeah. hey, on our first date, I want to talk about like how me and my mom were on food stamps, and like hopefully that gets me an totally. episode too. Or there's always the woman that's like, so like six months ago, my ex did pass. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like that is so jarring to think about that like a few months after the love of your life or your fiance passed away that you're like all right i'm going into a house with a hundred other women to compete for one person yeah it's a part of the recovery process is going on reality tv and talking about it i love it scary i love it it's one of my favorite things about like any sort of reality tv confessional like talking head bit is when someone like chris jenner is like teary and being like i can't talk about this anymore i think that's all i can do for today it's like bitch you produce this show like you decide if you want to go open with these things i I mean it's all so controlled by her obviously yeah sophia Thank you so much for joining us Oh my us God, today. this was so fun. It was really, really This fun. was really so, I had literally the best time talking to you and I, <laughs> I hope know, we can too. become friends. Me too, I would love that. I, while we were talking, was imagining like what your social circle must be like and how much fun it was. And I was like, oh, I could so easily picture myself there as like one of the oh, gangs. Come around the campfire, <laughs> honey. Come anytime. The COVID campfire. <laughs> it's interesting that you bring up your gang because i feel like i could easily be one of them yes uh i just come over and my fantasy is like coming over and you guys being like it's charades night (laughs) and you'd be like oh i'm not gonna this don't make me you guys are pushing me up there being like you gotta do it i turn out to be amazing destroy you simply destroy destroy. and you actually you take my place in the friend group and you still have my friends and that sort of exactly that's the long con that's the long con yeah That was such a great interview with Sophia Cleary. Devin, you can attest to this of how badly I want to be friends with her. Um, Don't be jealous. <laughs> That's so cute. All I can say is I know that little glint in Carolina's eye that happens when she wants to become friends with someone because I saw it when she wanted to become friends with me. And guess what? It's dulled. It's faded. The glint is faded. The honeymoon period is always alive with Devin. I always look at her and think, why me? Why did she choose me? And the truth is I didn't. Jesus chose you for me. Does anyone else want Jesus to take the wheel right now? Because I sure do. (laughs) Anyone else relate? You want to just take your hands right off and have Jesus's hands go right on. 10 and 2. Imagine Jesus did 11 and 4 and you're like, okay, I trusted you. Devin, what's the most embarrassing thing that you've ever been jealous of? Okay, well, I'm just going to use a recent example because I don't even want to get into the middle school days because you guys all know how fucking dark those jealousies are. I recently have been really jealous of the entire cast of Vanderpump Rules potentially r.i.p vanderpump rules we all know that there's a lot of bad stuff going around about vanderpump rules right now they're basically all racist and the restaurants have been boarded up so 
But but that aside, I'm jealous because I'm jealous of all the female cast members who are pregnant right now because they just don't have the brain capacity to worry about the future and the state of the world. They seem very unburdened by it. Even the ones who've been like completely called out for horrific racism, ignorance, really just like when, you know, rolled right off them. And I also just a part of me wants to just put my hands on my belly and smile at the camera. All these girls, they're with men who are pumped full of steroids and opioids and and yet they're just smiling with that sonogram. And I'm jealous of that kind of blissful ignorance. I wish I could have that right now. I totally hear you. What about you? It's a really good question. There's so it was your much, question, you know? so. <laughs> I will say that watching The Last Dance, which is my favorite television show of 2019. Oh, my God. It's 2020. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, babe. Um, Babe. Yeah. It's 2020. My favorite television show of 2020 was the miniseries The Last Dance. I'm pretty jealous of Michael Jordan's abilities. He is so beautiful and he has such a gift and he's the most amazing work ethic I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And just how elegant he is. He always says the right thing to the press. He knows he's the best. He's funny. He's charismatic. And I was like, who the fuck am I? Yeah. I know. It makes you want to go on MTV Made and just be like, I want to be a basketball player. I want to be prom queen. (laughs) I'm also jealous of his wife that he met at a Miami club. And there is a part of me that just wants to marry a baseball player, a basketball player. I mean, they're kind of the bottom of the barrel, but a hockey player. What? They're not bottom of the barrel. It's not fun. I wouldn't say it's as fun to be married to a hockey player as it would be to be courtside with the other basketball wives or to be up in the little glass booth with the other baseball wives talking about whatever they talk about. They're probably like anti-vaxxers with a huge diamond ring on just talking sports lingo and how I'm going to remodel my kitchen. Like you said, a part of me just wants to think less about the terror of the world. And and I wish I was in a little bubble, which I am. I want to be a curling wife. You could never handle the curling society. <laughs> they would eat you up. They would eat me alive. They'd set their claws into you. But I feel like it's, it's I mean, what do you got to do? Buy some brooms for your guy? <laughs> I think I can do it. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of True Romance. Please, if you feel compelled, like, subscribe, comment. It helps us get more listeners and and keeps the suits at iHearts off our ass. Positive feedback only, please. Positive feedback only, please. You can always reach out to us at trueromancepod at gmail.com. We really love your questions, your input, your comments. Devin, I love you. Love you, Carol. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true romance. It's true.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.